Official Declaration 1. The Bible and the Book of Mormon teach that monogamy is God's standard for marriage unless He declares otherwise. See 2 Samuel chapter 12, verses 7-8, through 8, and Jacob chapter 2, verses 27 and 30. Following a revelation to Joseph Smith, the practice of plural marriage was instituted among church members in the early 1840s. See section 132. From the 1860s to the 1880s, the United States government passed laws to make this religious practice illegal. These laws were eventually upheld by the U.S. Supreme Court. After receiving revelation, President Wilford Woodruff issued the following manifesto, which was accepted by the Church as authoritative and binding on October 6, 1890. This led to the end of the practice of plural marriage in the Church. To whom it may concern... Press dispatches, having been sent for political purposes from Salt Lake City, which have been widely published, to the effect that the Utah Commission, in their recent report to the Secretary of the Interior, allege that plural marriages are still being solemnized and that 40 or more such marriages have been contracted in Utah since last June or during the past year. Also, that in public discourses, the leaders of the Church have taught, encouraged, and urged the continuance of the practice of polygamy. I, therefore, as President of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, do hereby, in the most solemn manner, declare that these charges are false. We are not teaching polygamy or plural marriage, nor permitting any person to enter into its practice. And I deny that either forty or any other number of plural marriages have during that period been solemnized in our temples or in any other place in the territory. One case has been reported in which the parties allege that the marriage was performed in the endowment house in Salt Lake City in the spring of 1889, but I have not been able to learn who performed the ceremony. Whatever was done in this matter, was without my knowledge. In consequence of this alleged occurrence, the endowment house was, by my instructions, taken down without delay. Inasmuch as laws have been enacted by Congress forbidding plural marriages, which laws have been pronounced constitutional by the court of last resort, I hereby declare my intention to submit to those laws and to use my influence with the members of the Church over which I preside, to have them do likewise. There is nothing in my teachings to the Church, or in those of my associates during the time specified, which can be reasonably construed to inculcate or encourage polygamy. And when any elder of the Church has used language which appeared to convey any such teaching, he has been promptly reproved. And I now publicly declare that my advice to the Latter-day Saints is to refrain from contracting any marriage forbidden by the law of the land. Wilford Woodruff, President of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. President Lorenzo Snow offered the following. I move that recognizing Wilfred Woodruff as the President of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and the only man on the earth at the present time who holds the keys of the sealing ordinances, we consider him fully authorized, by virtue of his position, to issue the manifesto which has been read in our hearing, 
and which is dated September 24, 1890, and that as a church in general conference assembled, we accept his declaration concerning plural marriages as authoritative and binding. Salt Lake City, Utah, October 6, 1890. Excerpts from three addresses by President Wilford Woodruff regarding the manifesto. The Lord will never permit me or any other man who stands as president of this church to lead you astray. It is not in the program. It is not in the mind of God. If I were to attempt that, the Lord would remove me out of my place. And so he will any other man who attempts to lead the children of men astray from the oracles of God and from their duty. 61st Semi-Annual General Conference of the Church, Monday, October 6, 1890, Salt Lake City, Utah. Reported in Deseret Evening News, October 11, 1890, page 2. It matters not who lives or who dies or who is called to lead this church. They have got to lead it by the inspiration of Almighty God. If they do not do it that way, they cannot do it at all. I have had some revelations of late, and very important ones to me, and I will tell you what the Lord has said to me. Let me bring your minds to what is termed the manifesto. The Lord has told me to ask the Latter-day Saints a question, and He also told me that if they would listen to what I said to them and answer the question put to them by the Spirit and power of God, they would all answer alike and they would all believe alike with regard to this matter. The question is this, which is the wisest course for the Latter-day Saints to pursue? To continue to attempt to practice plural marriage, with the laws of the nation against it, and the opposition of sixty millions of people, and at the cost of the confiscation and loss of all the temples, and the stopping of all the ordinances therein, both for the living and the dead and the imprisonment of the First Presidency and Twelve and the heads of families in the Church and the confiscation of personal property of the people, all of which of themselves would stop the practice, or, after doing and suffering what we have through our adherence to this principle, to cease the practice and submit to the law, and through doing so, leave the prophets, apostles, and fathers at home, so that they can instruct the people and attend to the duties of the church and also leave the temples in the hands of the saints so that they can attend to the ordinances of the gospel both for the living and the dead. The Lord showed me by vision and revelation exactly what would take place if we did not stop this practice. If we had not stopped it, you would have had no use for any of the men in this temple at Logan, for all ordinances would be stopped throughout the land of Zion, confusion would reign throughout Israel, and many men would be made prisoners. This trouble would have come upon the whole church, and we should have been compelled to stop the practice. Now, the question is, whether it should be stopped in this manner, or in the way the Lord has manifested to us, and leave our prophets and apostles and fathers free men, and the temples in the hands of the people, so that the dead may be redeemed. A large number has already been delivered from the prison house in the spirit world by this people, and shall the work go on or stop? 
This is the question I lay before the Latter-day Saints. You have to judge for yourselves. I want you to answer it for yourselves. I shall not answer it, but I say to you that that is exactly the condition we as a people would have been in had we not taken the course we have. I saw exactly what would come to pass if there was not something done. I have had this spirit upon me for a long time. But I want to say this. I should have let all the temples go out of our hands. I should have gone to prison myself and let every other man go there had not the God of heaven commanded me to do what I did do. And when the hour came that I was commanded to do that, it was all clear to me. I went before the Lord and I wrote what the Lord told me to write. I leave this with you for you to contemplate and consider. The Lord is at work with us. Cash Stake Conference, Logan, Utah, Sunday, November 1st, 1891. Reported in Deseret Weekly, November 14th, 1891. Now I will tell you what was manifested to me and what the Son of God performed in this thing. All these things would have come to pass, as God Almighty lives, had not that manifesto been given. Therefore, the Son of God felt disposed to have that thing presented to the church and to the world for purposes in his own mind. The Lord had decreed the establishment of Zion. He had decreed the finishing of this temple. He had decreed that the salvation of the living and the dead should be given in these valleys of the mountains. And Almighty God decreed that the devil should not thwart it. If you can understand that, that is a key to it. From a discourse at the sixth session of the dedication of the Salt Lake Temple, April 1893, Typescript of Dedicatory Services, Archives, Church Historical Department, Salt Lake City, Utah. Official Declaration 2 The Book of Mormon teaches that all are alike unto God, including black and white, bond and free, male and female. 2 Nephi chapter 26, verse 33 Throughout the history of the Church, people of every race and ethnicity in many countries have been baptized and have lived as faithful members of the Church. During Joseph Smith's lifetime, a few black male members of the Church were ordained to the priesthood. Early in its history, church leaders stopped conferring the priesthood on black males of African descent. Church records offer no clear insights into the origins of this practice. Church leaders believed that a revelation from God was needed to alter this practice and prayerfully sought guidance. The revelation came to church president Spencer W. Kimball and was affirmed to other church leaders in the Salt Lake Temple on June 1, 1978. The revelation removed all restrictions with regard to race that once applied to the priesthood. To whom it may concern, on September 30, 1978, at the 148th Semi-Annual General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, the following was presented by President N. Eldon Tanner, First Counselor in the First Presidency of the Church. In early June of this year, the First Presidency announced that a revelation had been received by President Spencer W. Kimball, extending priesthood and temple blessings to all worthy male members of the Church. President Kimball has asked that I advise the conference that after he had received this revelation, 
which came to him after extended meditation and prayer in the sacred rooms of the Holy Temple. He presented it to his counselors, who accepted it and approved it. It was then presented to the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles, who unanimously approved it, and was subsequently presented to all other general authorities, who likewise approved it unanimously. President Kimball has asked that I now read this letter. June 8, 1978 To all general and local priesthood officers of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints throughout the world, Dear Brethren, as we have witnessed the expansion of the work of the Lord over the earth, we have been grateful that people of many nations have responded to the message of the restored gospel and have joined the Church in ever-increasing numbers. This, in turn, has inspired us with a desire to extend to every worthy member of the Church all of the privileges and blessings which the gospel affords. Aware of the promises made by the prophets and presidents of the Church who have preceded us, that at some time, in God's eternal plan, all of our brethren who are worthy may receive the priesthood, and witnessing the faithfulness of those from whom the priesthood has been withheld, we have pleaded long and earnestly in behalf of these, our faithful brethren, spending many hours in the upper room of the temple, supplicating the Lord for divine guidance. He has heard our prayers, and by revelation has confirmed that the long-promised day has come when every faithful, worthy man in the Church may receive the holy priesthood with power to exercise its divine authority and enjoy with his loved ones every blessing that flows therefrom, including the blessings of the temple. Accordingly, all worthy male members of the Church may be ordained to the priesthood without regard for race or color. Priesthood leaders are instructed to follow the policy of carefully interviewing all candidates for ordination to either the Aaronic or the Melchizedek priesthood to ensure that they meet the established standards for worthiness. We declare with soberness that the Lord has now made known His will for the blessing of all his children throughout the earth who will hearken to the voice of his authorized servants and prepare themselves to receive every blessing of the gospel. Sincerely yours, Spencer W. Kimball, N. Eldon Tanner, Marion G. Romney, the First Presidency. Recognizing Spencer W. Kimball as the prophet, seer, and revelator, and President of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, it is proposed that we, as a constituent assembly, accept this revelation as the word and will of the Lord. All in favor, please signify by raising your right hand. Any opposed, by the same sign. The vote to sustain the foregoing motion was unanimous in the affirmative. Salt Lake City, Utah, September 30, 1978